Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Dennis Lloyd, never mind. It's Cormac and Sergio here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can see what takes your fancy at playblue.ie. You know you want us still to come. Before the end of the show here tonight, we're going to be chatting to someone who can uh, predict the most likely day that you're going to have a heart attack. This particular day of the week. You can probably guess what day it is, but anyway, the science behind why you're more likely to have a heart attack and die on that particular day. And also... Uh, on the way next, we're going to be chatting to somebody about uh, brain tinder, it's called. How your brain responds and reacts differently when you're looking at uh, different attractive people. And if you have any other things that you find attractive that are peculiar, strange, slightly different, you can send them in and let us know. We're chatting to people who find big noses attractive, big ears attractive, dad bods, lanky people, basically everything the opposite of everything that we would have presumed. Yeah, which is very interesting, an eye-opener. A definite eye-opener. So, um, every you know, dimples on the back. Uh, freckles, are you a fan of freckles? No, I hate freckles, because I have freckles, so I hate a guy with freckles. Do you have freckles? Yeah, I've loads. Well, not loads of freckles. Makeup. No, I've like a few, yeah. I, I don't like freckles. As a child, I would have got a lot in the sun. Do you know that kind of way? Now they kind of just sprinkle around the face, but I wouldn't like, you know, the real pasty Irish freckly man. No way. Not for me. Can't, we can't do anything right, can we, lads? Unfortunately enough. No, you just have to be a dad bod and yeah. all the rest of the stuff. A dad bod who can, who can drive and change gears. That's what they love. Uh, anyway, if there's anything peculiar that you are like, oh, I just love, I love a nice jaw or a set of ears or, a, I don't know, eyebrows. Maybe you're mad into eyebrows for some weird reason. 0876797104. We'll be chatting to uh, Michael Spape next from the University of Helsinki about brain tinder here on F104. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Room 104, good evening. It's Cormac and Saoirse here. Now, it turns out, you know, you uh, find certain people attractive and you don't find certain people attractive, which we were talking about this evening. But what can your brainwaves tell about who and why you might find some people attractive? Well, a group over at the University of Helsinki in Copenhagen decided to investigate just by looking at your brainwaves, could they determine who you found attractive and what implication does that have for us in the future? Joining us now from the University of Helsinki to talk a little bit more about this and explain it, uh, Michael Spape. 
Okay, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Now, I find this fascinating um, that you could possibly get away from Tinder, get away from the, the effort of swiping left or right, wasting time. What exactly have you come up with? Yeah, to, to put it a little bit different, cool this brain Tinder and it's easy to get carried away with that. But um, detecting whether somebody finds a certain face interesting or not isn't actually all that difficult from an, uh, a neuroscience perspective. Predicting who somebody might otherwise find interesting, that's kind of what the research about. So what we did, we were detecting based on showing images and looking at brain waves to see which persons were found attractive or not. But these images weren't just normal images. They were images generated from a, a GAN. It's a generative adversarial network, one of these newfound old um, uh, neural network models. Maybe you've seen this uh, kind of websites like uh, this person isn't real and uh, these kind of um, so it's, it's very similar so generated by artificial machines to make images that appear real but aren't so we showed images of these that were generated in this way detecting which ones were found interesting and which ones weren't interesting and based on this kind of search within this neural network a new image which would be particularly for this person attractive so making a, an entirely new person up out of whole cloth and seeing and expecting that this person is found super attractive, so to speak. Uh, And how accurate was that kind of, that process? So you were obviously then creating new faces that were tweaked based on other people saying, oh, I like these features, whether, you know, consciously or unconsciously. And I suppose, were you successfully able to come up with more and more attractive pictures for people and images? Yeah, so uh, we did a kind of a a wine tasting test. So we put in the, the generated images together with all sorts of random other images and then ask people, which ones do you find attractive? Which ones uh, do you find how attractive and so on? So we found that 80% of the images we generated were, or more than 80% were found attractive personally by the participant. And is there a particular, I know it sounds a bit silly because everybody has different tastes, but is there a particular feature that people are drawn to in another person? Yeah, this is perhaps a little bit embarrassing to say, but uh, it appears that um, uh, males tend to be very typical in their responses to what they find attractive, whereas uh, uh, women are, at least according to the established science, are a bit more diverse in that sort of way, finding more uh, different features attractive. And we could see this in our, in our own machine. So our images generated by males were far more similar overall than the faces generated by women. So that what exactly is found attractive by a certain person isn't quite clear from this research. We can see something about kind of the distribution, so to speak, of different uh, ideas Uh, Okay, so women have a broader range because they're not as shallow as us scumbag men. I I suspect that this might be the case, yeah. (laughs) It's difficult, yeah. Have you found that it worked better for men than women then? Because I kind of was talking to Cormac earlier on about types of men that I might be attracted to wouldn't be a certain look. It might be a feature, you you know, a strong nose or certain shape eyes or something like that. Do do you find that it's easier for the men to maybe work this on image-based research? It's hard to say based on this because the, um, the accuracy was so high that it was very hard to, to say that this group is actually uh, better than the other group. Um, we had also fewer female participants than male, not a lot fewer, but we are doing this experiment at a computer science department. So, you know, the distribution is a bit more slanted towards the male side of things, even here in Finland. Features that are picked up, the ideas of this kind of research is that there might be some sort of really complex sort of features and very hard to say like, 
instead of saying I like blonde hair, I like dark hair or whatever, the machine might pick up something that is a bit more complex, like a, a different kind of rotation of the eyes or whatever. It's, of course, very hard to discern in a neural network what is exactly picked up. It's always a kind of a black box. But this, this is uh, what we are trying to find out. Hypothetically, um could you in the future, could an application be made so that if you're on Tinder, you don't actually manually have to swipe left and right? That if, you know, your profile was loaded up, it could just cut through thousands of people and give you, here's 50 people that you will probably find attractive. There's two things, right? The, the swiping, of course, you, you could make some sort of brain-computer interface that does the swiping for you, but really swiping isn't all that hard, right? So it's not so, uh, getting rid of that. Stuff is uh, you can do it with the brains, but the brains control the hands, you know, so that's hardly a uh, better that way. And going directly from some sort of neural pattern into what does this person find attractive is very, very hard because the EEG is it's a because EEG is kind of um, a summation of all sorts of different process that processes that all come together in the brain. They all have different sort of origins, and only because we know exactly what is the stimulus, so what kind of face are we showing now, can we kind of steer that the neural network in a direction that you might find attractive. And was there anything interesting about the research that you didn't expect to find? Yeah, lots of things, actually. We're still digging in the data. Uh, this uh, diversity thing, that, that was uh, quite striking in a way. Another aspect, slightly off one, is so that uh, most of our uh, generated faces were pretty typical. They were, all of them were white, so to speak. Uh, that, that's already typical, you know, but I've seen somewhere online by now all these comments going in, like, are we trying to uh, mind control the, the, the universe to become uh, all sorts of uh, politically correct? That's obviously not the case, right? Because somebody might find a blonde-haired people attractive, and this is not necessarily a problem. It's just that that is your attraction. Having your attraction change your how much you pay somebody, that is racism. That is a problem, but not necessarily what you find attractive. And then finally, uh, what I found very striking was the, the sheer level of accuracy we could manage in, the, in generating these faces. They, they were indeed very, very accurate. One of our participants said that uh, he must show this picture to, to his girlfriend because it looked exactly like her, even though, of course, we didn't have his girlfriend there in, uh, in our database. Oh, cool. So um, then what else going forward? What other applications, apart from maybe attractiveness, um, do you think you might be able to apply your research to? Yeah, that, so there's two sides to this. There's uh, the, the computer science aspect. My, my partners in crime, they, they are basically doing that part. So they're, they're really interested in doing uh, work like how can we combine the neural information from different participants to recommendation information for example to other users so kind of like um Netflix for the brain, that's uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, to me, this is more applied. To, to them, this is more fundamental. To me, uh, I'm a psychologist and cognitive neuroscientist. My interest would be in can we measure other kind of aspects in the same way and can we generate things that predict specifically psychologically uh, salient features for of someone so for example maybe be able to uh, detect what somebody's idea about competence is so can we generate a specifically competent looking person and what is and what is competence anyway because it's such a vague concept much like attraction attraction is is harder in a way than really simple features like uh, blonde haredness for example but it's it's still you know it's a bit easy and this is this whole research was perhaps a little bit tongue-in-cheek, hence we call, called it a brain tinder. But uh, we, we can dig down here also into what it means, 
what attractivity means, what competence means, what stereotype means, that sort of stuff. That to me is the, the next level. It's very interesting and it is very exciting. Um, if anybody wants more information on what you're doing, the work you've done, where can they go and find you? So we have the Cognitive Computing Group here in Helsinki. They can easily uh, search for that. Yeah, uh, you can always email me, of course. My name is uh, Michael Spape, but uh, of course it is uh, gets a bit tricky. Yeah, Maybe you can forward any questions to me. Uh, I'd love to answer them all. Brilliant. Well, Michael, thanks a million for popping on FM 104 and very best of luck with the uh, Brain Tinder in the future. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. The latest from Picture This. Things are different. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Still to come before the end of the show this evening, you're going to hear from an Australian professor about the day you're more you're most likely to have a heart attack on. I, I don't know what you're going to do with that information, but maybe it'll be nice to know. That's going to make you more anxious coming actually, up to that day. That'll add to it, actually. That could yeah. increase your chances of dying from a heart attack on this particular day. But listen, we'll ask them, is there anything you can do about it? Um, some of the messages there that came in in relation to we were chatting about things, strange features that you find attractive. Um, there was a few other people there who said that they are attracted to older people, older women. You know, we have a few messages there from older women. And also, Sushi, you don't look 32, someone said. No, someone said, I don't look 32, I look 34, 35. <laughs> You definitely don't. I mean, I, I thought you were like 26 for like a uh, good year. See, I just don't see that. I think I do look my age, to be honest. Like, I never, ever get asked for ID. Ever. That's because they can't see. You're too small. They don't even see you. They're just walking <laughs> under the counters and stuff. Like, What's going on over here? I'm really offended by that, though, because most of the time that I would be going to buy, you know, alcohol might be during the day mm, on my yeah. walk. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not wearing makeup and I'm wearing a tracksuit. So I probably should look you're much your, younger. You're wearing your mom coat. Not even, no. Your, your, uh, your Maybe if I was, coat. they'd be like, okay, she's wearing her mom coat, yeah. she has kids. No. Fair enough. Just wearing like a Penny's jacket and... No, never get stopped. Friday, um, so... I love this. Don't read my name out. Okay, I love a bit of stubble. And the smell of a man after a fat at work. <laughs> what? What? I'm trying to make... Obviously, that was spelt wrong. After a... <clears throat> Maybe it's day at work. No, maybe after a... I think it is day. I'm is it at, cigarette? No. Oh, no. I'm going to say date because F is beside D on the keyboard and T is beside Y. Right, okay. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Okay, stubble. Okay. I know look, stubble would be a thing. Yeah, stubble's a thing, yeah. But the smell of a man after a day at work? No, absolutely not. No, I want him to smell nice. But not like he smells hate, like he's worked. I hate men that smell a B.O. Like there's... I think we spoke to someone about this before. It can be uh, genetic... Mm, yeah. You know, some people are but you, you, smellier you, you, than others. But you, you can also be attracted to certain people's musks. No, but like my brothers smell. Like if they smell, they smell. I remember saying to my brother, I couldn't eat my dinner because he stank. But I think... He'd come in from training. You know, some guys, they smell... You smell a sweat. But, but I think because he, he, you he was your brother and he was related to you, that's why you're going to be repulsed by it even more. Maybe that's a kind of genetic thing. I was anyway, actually nearly gagging. Uh, resting bitch face, Alan said, I like the stern look. Really? Again, it. why do you want to be... Resting bitch face and a posh bird who hates you. Yeah. That's what the, all That's men bizarre. want. Uh, anyway, thank you for those. Um, music going up from Dua Lipa, levitating next. But uh, speaking of weird things and romance, do you have an update on your Tinder situation, Saoirse? Yeah, now I did say to you that I'm not going to talk about it after today. If that's okay. But you're able to give a, one I last will, final... Yeah. 
I can give you some final information on that, but yeah. Long story short, someone was running a fake profile of Saoirse on Tinder and we've been messaging back and forth seeing if we can find out who it is. But anyway, uh, update on that coming up next along with music from Julie Levitating next on it. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. FM 104. Still to come for you tonight on the show. What day are you most likely to have a heart attack? Science can tell you the answer to that question if you even want to know. But now... I don't want to make too light of this situation, but for the last week or so, um, we've been following Saoirse's fake Tinder profile. I should say somebody has set up a fake Tinder profile of Saoirse on Tinder, obviously. Um, I couldn't find out who it was. Tinder hasn't um, been too quick in taking down the page, but we laid a little trap of our own. Saoirse set up a fake page with Ronan, matched with herself, and began messaging the person who was managing her Tinder account to see if you could find out who it was. Um and see if you get maybe an email or number off them and try and figure out why they're doing this and who it is. You asked for their number yesterday and the number they gave you back was? My own number. Psychos. So, so definitely I'm convinced an ex-boyfriend or uh, someone you might have worked with before. Now obviously this all kicked off yesterday. Um, they sent back my number. They also had other personal information about me that people might not know. And... I was freaked out, as you can imagine. I sent back, yeah, okay, it was an angry message asking who the F was this and why are you why are you doing this? Yeah, like, what yeah. are you trying to gain from this? I got no response, so I continued to bombard them with messages of, let's be honest, abuse. And uh, nothing again. So, you know, you kind of said to me last night, look, it's time to call the guards. So I did. I rang the guards and they advised me to basically stay off social media don't be mentioning it and do not be speaking about it on air so I'm not going to speak about it on air the only good thing is apparently the page is gone oh is it it's gone so I screenshot earlier on yeah just like saying that the guards are onto this now this is the end of it and few people said that the page is completely gone oh well that's good so unless they've been scared shitless because it's definitely somebody who knows you or follows you online and listens to the show. Maybe they're just, been, hopefully they're just they taking did, the they, piss. They took t- it very seriously, I'm not going to lie. Took it too far. Who did? The guards did. So what did they say, just to shut up mentioning it? And did you, have you since reported the... Yeah, no, they told me a lot of stuff that I'm not going to discuss here. But yeah, they basically um, just said, like, it's in our hands now and we'll keep an eye on this and all the rest of it, but do not speak about it on air. Page's gone apparently, and like I've been followed, like they followed up with someone yeah, looked yeah, yeah. into that. So it, it, the page is gone. Well, if you did report the page anyway, uh, fair play, ha- happy day as well done. It, people are weird, and you'd wonder because mm. you, you could fob it off as it's you know a lot of people said messaging in it's it's a crazy ex might be a crazy ex someone who knows you it might be someone who well it wouldn't even be like random teenagers who might listen to the show having a, a weird old prank it's someone who has my number very few people have my number yeah. and just so people know it's not anyone in 104 like yeah. we, we we had to get to the bottom of that and it's not so this was actually kind of probably the scariest thing that's ever yeah. happened really. yeah well fingers crossed that dies down because it did pop up towards the end of last year and it did a couple of weeks ago again so if you do see the page popped up Sergio is unfortunately not on Tinder never will be never has been no so if you do see a Sergio profile page popping up on Tinder uh, please report it and block them and report them and do the usual uh, and that will be the end of that I mean there's a, a lot of weird stuff again happening today in the news there was people trying to 
was three lads arrested in Dublin over alleged plot to blackmail OnlyFans content creators. So I don't know if you saw this, they were threatening to print off a lot of the photos from this Irish OnlyFans creator who posts, you know, explicit nude photos of herself up yeah. online for, for money every month on that website. And they said they were going to email it to all her friends, all her teachers, all her, her parents and her family unless they gave them a huge amount of money. Wow. And then they were arrested today. Which is fair play to the guards for, yeah. for kind of being able to sort that out and do that. But they're now extorting young women on OnlyFans for money. Disgusting. Now, I don't want to, you know, it's, it's when there's huge amounts of money involved, is that going to start becoming a more of a common thing? You know what I mean? Because you'll hear a lot of them saying how much money they're earning. And which is always, it's like saying how much money you have in your gaff. It's always a... Yeah, it's a dangerous game to play. And I think there's one person in particular who we spoke to uh, yeah. on the show who has taken a huge step back on social media because of that. You'd worry for stuff like that because there was a footballer as well. I can't remember who it was. The, the night before last, whole family held up with a machete. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. And broken into and you hear of Lady Gaga's dogs getting stolen yeah. and their, her dog walker getting beaten up. You know, people will go after people who have money. Yeah, and, and true. Use anything they can. So, uh, terrifying, scary time to be alive at the moment, unfortunately. But listen, that's the end of that. That is the end of that. Thank God. If you see any, and thanks to everyone who sent initially had sent you on screenshots as well, who was like, oh, "What's going and on?" And there was here? a lot of people that you know I talked to in security and so on that were willing to help out, and I really appreciate Find that. Find IP addresses and yeah. the whole lot. But um, I'd say now, if they know the guards are involved, and if you're listening, the guards are involved. So yeah, so they are now. Yeah, it's nice to know that they are, and they were really, really um, good at helping the situation well good to hear fingers crossed craziness uh, kind of puts an end to that so uh, happy days and thanks for your help if you did come across that account and report it if you do see it again do report it but do let us know still to come here on the show what day you're most likely to have a heart attack on what you can do about that and we'll have music from Ed Sheeran and Khaled right now though Dua Lipa this is levitating you're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong FM 104 a really good documentary online you can get it on YouTube I think BBC did it with your one uh, Jessie who left the band oh yeah she had a horrible horrible time she did actually I do remember that F- felt really bad for her she kind of goes mm. into saying oh, she got a huge amount of online abuse over her weight and how she looked after the band won the X Factor a couple of years ago and she I remember she said the day after they won the X Factor you'd be on top of the world yeah. like your life has changed forever yeah. right? said so she got up and she had hundreds of messages on her Facebook and Instagram calling her like fat and calling her ugly and calling yeah. her horrific so she was really really depressed and then the year later she you know dedicated her entire life to losing weight and getting ripped because the following year they came back for the final performance last year's winners she said she just wanted to worry about how, what people would think about how she looked and she was in the best shape of her life looked amazing and then uh, that Katie Hopkins scumbag called her uh, a fat pig of course she did the next day and she was just in bits so yeah. she's since obviously left the band she's going out on her own but it's come out as well that uh, one of the other band members Leanne Pinnock has decided to sign a solo deal as well I'm just wondering it's always a big risk huge risk leaving the band yeah huge risk now sometimes it works out well other times it doesn't say NSYNC Justin Timberlake left the band oh, he did way better he didn't did he did very well yeah he did and he kind of probably knew he was going to do well did anyone leave from Backstreet Boys because they had their documentary a year or two ago about how they were shafted for years under their management had to leave their manager but none of them I left don't think and they went down left. their own did they? No I know obviously after the band you know Nick Carter and stuff they all went and did kind of solo-y bits but No none of them had a big long career No I don't think they did Yeah just, just never like would be one of the rare people who has successfully launched a solo career out of a band Has anyone else though? 
No. Sure, look at Jerry Halliwell. Absolutely loved the Spice Girls. And then suddenly she leaves the band, thinks, I can go solo. She tried it. I like Jerry, though. No, I don't. I'll never forgive her for that. If you can think of anyone who did better outside of the band, 0876797104. Robbie Williams did okay. Robbie Williams probably did very okay. Yeah, he did. But maybe long, long term, when, when Take That came back and Gary Barlow and all them came back and they started doing arena tours again, did he... You know, long term, yeah. I don't know. But he did. He he had a... Gary Barlow had a successful solo career as yeah, well, didn't he? Yeah, in fairness, he? yeah. The two of them did okay out of it. Robbie, but like people Robbie like... Um, yeah. hate, hate to say it, but like boy's own. <laughs> Who Ronan. <laughs> Ronan, he tried his best. I mean, he gave it socks and now, it worked for maybe a year. I don't know about this, right? Because I'm after looking up Ronan Keating's net worth. Yes. Sick. Yeah, but he works in radio and everything now. Oh, there's no money in radio. No, you not not for that. us. There's not, but for oh, him yeah. there is. <laughs> we have to bring in our own microphones and everything. No, um, uh, how much do you think Ronan is worth? No, I don't believe these uh, net, these online kind of net worth kind of things that people come up with. Journalists kind of presume this is how much they're worth. But anyway, he's, he's worth a few million, isn't he? But how much would you say Ronan Keaton is worth? Ten million. More. Yeah. Twenty. More? Uh-huh. No, this he's is not. like I couldn't believe this. Ronan is not worth more than twenty million. The man who left Boys Own and then started putting out bangers th- like this. This was, this was good. This was decent. Very uh, night. Well, it was two thousands, wasn't it? Very Savage Garden kind of uh, New York. Yeah, I like this one. It's lovely music. Your mum would listen to in the car. A bit of a tune. Right, so he had that and he had uh, that Dear uh, God, that's 21 years old. If Tomorrow Never Comes, which we laughed at the last time, yeah. he threw himself out in front of a car. Anyway, Rona Keaton is apparently worth $30 million. Dollars. I am shocked by that, but... Okay, but it's still like 25 million euro. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't want to put too much faith in these online ones because maybe he's only worth six. But if we're going by 30 million for Rona Keaton, still, he, that's uh, probably better than the band. Surprising. It's very surprising. He's got 30 million and Keith Duffy's got a tire company. Keith Duffy was in Carnation Street. Keith Duffy's a legend. He is a legend. Right? Hasn't forgotten his roots. No. That lad's over there in Australia swan around. No, no, he, where is this radio show over in the UK? The UK, yeah. Because he, he was. He's big friends with, you know, Kyle and Jackie over in uh, Well, I Sydney. mean, his wife is Australian, so. His new wife? His new wife, yeah. Is she? What? Yes, Australian? Yes, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, Ronan Keaton, that's what it's, I thought Boy, Boys Own might have done better, but. Has he done better on his own? You wouldn't think so off the back of yeah. Well, boys own record sales. It doesn't. It does not give me boys own record sales here. Okay, let's go to Westlife. Fifty-five million album sales. Brian McFadden. <laughs> Brian McFadden. Like I don't know. Listen, listen. Leave I don't Brian know what McFadden Brian McFadden alone. does. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know what he does. Okay. Bar play golf. Listen, Brian McFadden released. <laughs> A song, right? He won. Give him, give him a break. He's trying to fight ISIS. Remember, he came out on Twitter and he tried to fight ISIS. He did not have too much of a successful singing career after it. He was on that program. Was it Who's in the Kitchen or something? He hosted that program when people, secret celebrity guests, cooked for random people in a gaff. That was a daytime oh, yeah. TV. Yeah, no, one. it was um, come to, was no, it, it wasn't no, come to uh, me. It was like secret. I chef remember. Or something. Yeah. So he's done that. He's yeah. done a lot of stuff on Australia's Got Talent, I think. Over there, but he released a banger of a tune a few years ago, right? This is a cracking tune, and uh, um, this was more than a few years ago. Now he looks about twenty in this. Okay, listen, it was a long time ago, but it was a really, really good song, and it was a much better song than anything Westlife turned out, right? 
good old uh, It's called Real to Me Look at that hair He looks like a man <laughs> Out of the Inbetweeners Looks like Jay Out of the Inbetweeners Oh god Real to me What a song Okay the video is a bit Ridiculous Oh dear The song's great though I can't take him seriously I know yeah Just In the background Him just started Beating the head off An ISIS lad Oh lads but he again he what, What's he at now? He's teamed up with uh, Is he not doing Boys life or mm, Men's oh, life men's Isn't he life. with uh, Is it Keith Duffy? It was Keith Duffy They were doing tours Around Ireland In, in uh, hotels yeah, Boys stuff. life or something Yeah called. I think it was called Boys life This is a great song Didn't get enough traction And recognition Because the media here Wouldn't promote it Didn't give enough airplay To Barry McFadden's Real to me Great song What a tune. I mean, if Gavin James came out with this or Luis Capaldi, it would be a number one hit. Just we. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Brian. I stand with Brian McFadden. <laughs> Oh dear God Okay he didn't make it out Too well of the band But who, no. who would have been A successful transition out now, I'm trying to think Of other Westlife people Who went out Nicky Byrne Well you got into The old TV and radio yeah, biz Yeah he did uh, Shane Filan Didn't work out too well Who else was what? there The other guy Keen What does he do Keen, yeah, What does he do He was on um, Was he on The Voice The Irish oh, version Oh yeah Voice? he was yeah, He didn't come out With anything solo Did he no, And did so. any of The Spice Girls Make it on their own Victoria oh, Beckham She in, married David Beckham And look at her now <laughs> Fashion big, designer Yeah she's worth billions um, but No not from Mel C singing, had a bit of a career Only like two or three songs They she were hasn't really cracker done. tunes though Mel C had a couple But Mel B bleh, None of them had a standalone Singing Not thing, really anyway. Not no? really no God there was just A lot of bands like, I mean Take As well Liam Gallagher Noel Way better together yeah, Noel didn't do too bad though. Afterwards, because no, he was—he was the songwriter, and he was—you oh, could argue the the talent. Yeah, but they were talented together. Do you know that kind of way? They weren't meant to be separated. I know. 
I know. Someday, so sad. May, maybe they'll come back. If you can think of any other ones, who made it more successfully out of the band than in? 087-67-97-104. See if we get back to a few of them. In a moment, uh, Anne-Marie is on the way, but the day you are most likely to wake up and have a heart attack and die is going to be revealed next. Really happy stuff to end the show with. Uh, so we'll be revealing that now. A professor from Australia who has looked into this next here on FM 104. You're listening to the Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104. Good evening, it's Cormac and Saoirse here now. Uh, some days are more stressful than other days during the week, but is there a day where you're more likely to have a heart attack and die? Well, people asked that question and investigated certain other uh, factors that might impact whether or not you're likely to have a heart attack on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, who knows? Joining us, somebody who studied the cardiovascular events on different days of the week. We're delighted to welcome onto the show Professor Adrian Barnett, sir. How are you? Good morning. Yes, very good. Oh, sorry, I've said good morning, but uh, it's good morning for me. Yeah, D- time difference, obviously uh, a big challenge. Um, I often think that the later that you eat or the earlier that you wake up, you're more likely to have a heart attack on any given day of the week. But there is a specific day that you have looked at that you're more likely to have a heart attack. Yeah, well, the, well time differences do can come into it, because actually one day when uh, we do see deaths go up is when the time changes. And that could be because you don't get as good a sleep. So that's one day we do see an increase. But the day that happens regularly that we see an increase on, and it is very small, is actually Mondays. Uh, and the, the theory is that either that's because you most of you are restarting work and you're a bit stressed. There is another more macabre theory that what happens is some people unfortunately die alone and their bodies might not be found for a little while. And Monday is also the day that the coroner goes to work. So if they find somebody who they didn't know when they die, they, they may tend to just put whatever day it is today. Oh, wow. That is miserable. Yeah, but that's that's pretty rare. So it might be a bit of a combination of the two. There does seem to certainly be uh, an increase in stress around work uh, and yeah maybe if you didn't get a good sleep or if you've maybe if you've been overdoing it on the weekend as well yeah you see that's the thing and when I read about this I actually got really anxious because I know two people that lived nearby me that obviously passed away within years of each other but both on a Monday morning in their sleep right well yeah actually the mornings are, are far more dangerous than Mondays actually so a heart attacks increased by about 20 percent in the morning the monday increase is only about one percent yeah why is the morning more um likely for you to have a heart attack i would have thought you're in a kind of a sleep like a deep sleep kind of nice relaxed state probably should talk to a cardiologist but from what i remember it's the when we change from waking uh, when we change from sleeping to waking uh a lot of things change in your blood your blood or the you know starts to become less sticky starts to to get moving um and it seems to be that that is what can cause it. Now, I should say those people that it happens to that morning or that Monday just happened to trigger the heart attack. There's probably a lifetime of bad behavior before then that led up to it. If you're fit and healthy, we deal with Mondays and mornings very easily. It's it's those people that are probably not looked after themselves that that can be picked off by this Monday. Maybe if it hadn't been this Monday, it would have been next Monday. Is is there any argument to say then, if you're in a bad state of affairs, that we should no longer be starting work on a Monday morning? It should be Monday afternoon before we get back to it. <laughs> would probably provide a little bit of protection, but you know, this is I'm going to say something really boring. The thing that's going to protect you 
is losing weight, not drinking, stop smoking. You didn't mention exercise. Well, that could, yeah, losing weight, whatever you, whatever way you lose weight, uh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exercise is good for you in lots of other ways as well. So she's just looking to wrangle out of any sort of exercise. She's like, I just won't do those things and I just won't exercise either and we'll be fine. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm thinking there, right, well, if I have McDonald's but only have one Big Mac a day, uh, don't move and uh, sleep well, I should be fine. Apart from looking at Mondays as a slightly more dangerous time to, to be alive, you might have a, a slightly higher chance of getting a heart attack on a Monday morning. Looking into again all of this other research around kind of heart attacks was there anything else other contributing factors you mentioned already you know, being an unhealthy mess is, isn't going to do you any favours as well but is there anything in your environment I saw was there something about temperatures in your house that might lead to a greater chance of having a heart attack yeah temperature is a far bigger problem so heart attacks increase in most countries in, in winter um, and that can be by about 10 to 20% depending on what country you live in and what is amazingly surprising is that countries where where the country where I am now, Australia, has a bigger winter increase in heart attacks than countries like Sweden and Norway. And that is purely because of the temperature inside houses. I live in a wooden house and it is absolutely freezing inside, even though a winter, a, a cold night at winter here is about five degrees, right? But it'll be about eight degrees inside. Whereas if you live in Sweden and Norway, a cold night in the winter, well, it'll be in the minus is easy, but it's lovely and toasty inside. And being cold is, is a... Well, the, the, the quickest thing it does is it increases your blood pressure. I'm sure when you see when you're cold, you know, you go paler. That's your your, um, your veins shrinking below your skin to try and keep warm. And yeah, that is actually, a, this is actually a massive problem. And actually in research we did, one of the cities that was one of the worst in the world, in fact, it was the worst in the world, was Belfast. It oh. was off the scale. And I know, I believe, and my, and my auntie who lives in Belfast actually got free central heating a couple of years ago. So I think they did see that research and did something about it and I think it's a combination of maybe people in Belfast not wearing the right clothes not taking winter seriously but I think as well sorry to say there is quite a lot of low quality housing in Belfast and, and that made it very cold inside people's houses regularly in winter That's weird I would have thought it was the other way around but um, is there any difference in gender because you often hear of men more likely having a heart attack than women Yeah that's certainly a, a long term problem yeah women tend to do better on the winter thing the, there's been no difference we're all we're all the same we're actually all pretty fragile really we die when it's cold we die when it's hot we, we have a very narrow temperature range that we like it in if we don't protect ourselves in winter and summer and i mean the, the the ironic thing is like we do australia does really well here in summer because we're all set up for it so you know it can be 30 degrees here and everybody's fine it'll be 30 degrees in in london or dublin and people will be dropping dead similarly it's five degrees here and we're all dropping dead and five degrees in dublin and i'm sure people are laughing their heads off and thinking that's that's fine why would you drop dead uh, at that temperature so we get accustomed to life and we we <laughs> we find a way of uh, of living and <laughs> When things fall slightly outside the, the, that range, um, we can get into trouble. I absolutely love being in the freezing cold now. And you're after scaring me. Like, I love having a freezing cold room at night. You know, I'll open the windows even in the middle of winter. I'm like, I love being absolutely freezing cold at night. But now you're scaring me. I'm, I'm going to die of a heart attack now on a Monday. <laughs> A freezing cold Monday where you've had a few drinks the night before and you didn't and you didn't have a good night's sleep. Yeah, look out. Get ready, right you will. That's Grand Cormac. You can sign everything over to me uh, because I... What you want, sir? Here now, I'll go through no, the list. No, I'm technically going to live forever because I hate the cold. Absolutely despise it. I'm constantly warm. I have a hot water bottle 
stuck to me 24 7 um, but anyway was there anything else that you found interesting in your research adrian on this so the last one we looked at uh which again is a bit of a gonna be a bit of a scrooge here is another one you have to look out for which is christmas um we see a blip in heart attacks at christmas time now that was very interesting because of the cold problem so most of the data we had came from the northern hemisphere so it was very hard to separate well was this christmas or was it cold because you know some of the coldest days can be around christmas what we actually did was we got some data from new zealand which obviously it's the middle of summer there when it's christmas and yeah and we still saw this big blip i think it was about 20 percent increase actually it's a decent amount and so it clearly wasn't the cold so it could have been overindulging in food but the other thing we thought it might be is around christmas time if people start to feel those telltale signs of having a heart attack they might not want to go to the doctors because they might want to be with their family the other thing is if you've if you've traveled somewhere you might not know where the where the hospital is or you know you know might you might not want to make a fuss you might want to let's just get through christmas and i'll sort this out after christmas and yeah that's a mistake because uh you probably could have been helped by a hospital people end up dying right so the advice tonight is if you've just tuned in you don't want to have a heart attack you can't have any crack at christmas you're not allowed to drink anymore stay up all night and it's going to happen on a monday just to kick in the balls while you're down yeah, and look out because Christmas is kind of cold as well. So cold you know, as well. Got... <laughs> At least we have nine months to wait until Christmas comes around again, and we are coming into summer, so we're fine for a while. Uh, yeah, look, but you do, you do have to watch for summer as well because uh, <laughs> we do tend to see an increase in heart attacks on very hot days as well. Why on hot days? Uh, that again, that could be lack of sleep is is one theory. I think the other theory is just that it overloads your system. You know, you're sweating, your you, your heart rate goes up. So, and again, you know, if you're physically fit, you cope with that. But it's it's in those people that haven't looked after themselves. And actually, you see it go up and up and up and up and up. Uh, you know, the hotter and hotter it gets, the more and more people have a heart attack because the more and more people, it's just pushed over that threshold that, you know, that that extra one degree just couldn't cope today in the hospital with it, sometimes with a stroke, sometimes with a heart attack. It sounds bleak. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> well listen listen now we know now we, we we can avoid all of these things you know the risk factors don't go into work early on a monday morning get the extra rest in if you're hungover so that's a good idea i mean like it's actually probably a good thing to pull a sickie if you're hungover of a monday morning because you might die i suppose so I, i'm loath <laughs> yeah professor endorses uh hangover days where you can take a day off work no but um you know fingers crossed if you're tuned into this and you want to avoid all of the uh the deaths that might come along with a heart attack don't be too cold don't be you know having too much of a mentor on a Sunday uh, phone in sick that's our advice so that's not the professor's advice that's our advice phone in sick of a Monday Professor Adrian Barnett from the Queensland University of Technology over in Australia thanks for popping on this evening sir pleasure okay you're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. FM 104 hold up What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 